Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. David has it back to just one-timer score. Nugent Hopkins off a beautiful feed. And right on cue, Ryan Nugent Hopkins establishes a new career high with it. A goal early in the second period turns out to be the game winner. The Edmonton Oilers have won four straight. Tonight's tally, 3-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. The Oilers win four in a row for the first time since December 5th to 11th. It's been a while. They get back to 500 for the season, 30-30-7. However, we'll discuss this in more detail a little bit later on. They don't make up any ground in the playoff race because a lot of teams ahead of them won. Uh, so they remain seven points behind the Minnesota Wild, who have the second and final wild card spot. It's 10 o'clock. We are live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. So 3-2, Rob, is the final score. A game pretty wide open, tons of turnovers, but the Oilers survive. Yeah, it was a game that uh, Hitch and the coaching staff will be happy for the two points. But Hitch and the coaching staff will have a number of things that he's going to want to correct before they play Toronto. Uh, give Vancouver credit. They, they've probably overachieved this year. They have a ton of injuries. Their coach has done a great job. Travis Green done a great job getting them to where they are. But they're not the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if you make the mistakes tonight uh, on Saturday's game that the Oilers made tonight, they'd be in trouble. They gave up way too many scoring chances. I mean, the shots were 31-29 after two periods. That's, that's too much for a game, let alone after two periods. Having said that, the Oilers did enough to get the victory. They stayed in the race, and they continue this nice little streak they got going. And if you want to look at positives, the number one positive to me has been the play of Koskinen. He came in again tonight and made some big saves when he had to. The Vancouver Canucks in the third period were the better team, and Koskinen made the saves that he had to to give them that uh, chance to come away with two points. The Oilers are 6-1-2 and two in their last nine. That started... 16 days ago when the Oilers actually lost in a shootout here to Arizona. That was the one they tied late. McDavid was sick, so that's when this nine-game section started. But, yeah, they haven't made up any ground, unfortunately, to the playoff cut line, though they have passed teams, yep. but, but still the same number of points to make up. What struck me tonight watching, Rob, was how many times, and it happened both ways, it looked like one team had a rush. Maybe there's a defenseman joining in to make it an odd man, a four-on-three, five-on-four. And the puck got turned around really quickly. I mean, the Canucks had three three-on-ones or partial three-on-ones in the second period. In the third, Chason and Dreisaitl could have had a 2 on mm-hmm. 0 but Chason hung back yep. and let the second-leading goal scorer <laughs> in the NHL take a crack on it. I mean, there were so many plays where it was just one team's going and then bang, zip the other way. Well, and that's something that the, both coaches are going to talk about. You, you've got to understand the situation. If... if if you've already got four guys going in, you don't need to jump in there, too, to make it a five-guy in there. Because in case pucks bounce, if they hit a stick, anything, you have to 
think it's weird, but you got to think defense when you have offense going. And you can't get too many guys jumping up in the play. So both teams made the mistakes. And fortunately, both for both teams, both their goaltenders bailed them out. Um, Demko gave up three, but he, he, you know, he stopped McDavid on a breakaway, stopped Drysaddle on a breakaway, made a couple big saves uh, on tic-tac-toe type ones, and Koskinen made the saves he had to. So, it, again, it wasn't pretty. And I don't think of, of this nine-game stretch that the Oilers have been on, there's been four or five that weren't pretty, but they've done enough. They're getting some breaks. They're capitalizing on chances that they need to. But the biggest thing to me, and, and this is what they're going to need for the rest of the season, they're getting big saves when they need them. So 3-2, the Oilers knock off the Vancouver Canucks tonight. First win in regulation time for the Oilers this season against Vancouver. Alex Chason opened the scoring early as the Oilers played very well early in the game. Chason gets his 19th. And after that 21-game drought, he's now scored in two of his last three. Well, and it's important for the Oilers. It's important for Chason. I mean, if the Oilers want to have any chance of, of crawling closer in this scoring race, they need guys that uh, have have had pretty good seasons to continue to have those. And Chason was a guy that went, went quiet for a long, long time. And he's playing top six minutes. He's playing on your first power play unit. They need him to produce. Nice goal again tonight. And when players have seasons going like he has and you have a long drought, it seems like when you've come out of it, you start finding the back of the net. You start getting the breaks. You start getting the bounces. Hopefully that'll continue. That was a great play by Sam Gagne on the forecheck. And then that was a play that Alex Chason didn't think. Puck came to him on and off his stick, and I think that's important. I think when you go through a drought or you go through a time where the puck's not going, and you start overthinking it, you overhandle it, you put it in, you start guessing where you should put the puck instead of it all being instinctive. That was an instinctive shot. That's good to see from Alex. Got a message from Jeremy from Glendon. He says, good to see the Oilers show some composure in the third. Seemed like Hitch had Gagne and Chase on on the ice every second shift in the third, putting some trust in role guys who have seen lots of hockey. Seems like Sekera completely calms down the back end. His presence keeps guys like Benning and Nurse's minutes and rolls just right. That's from Jeremy from Glendon. Well, for the Oilers to have success, they need to have trust in players other than McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Drysaddle. Uh, the Oilers, we, we've seen throughout this last little while, play a lot of one-goal games. And they've, when they're down one, we know which group is coming out on the ice. But they got to have guys that they can put out and feel that, all right, we know they know these, these are guys that are professionals. They know to get pucks out. They know not to cheat. They know to be on the defensive side. And a Gagne and a Chason have been around the league for a long, long time. They're not new to this. There's nothing that they haven't seen. So it's easy for them to f- go in there and understand what their role is in those, in those situations. As, as for Sekera, uh, as, as I've said before, when Benning... When Sekera wasn't there and Benning was playing with a Petrovic, a Manning, a Weidman, whoever you want to name there, Benning was the go-to guy. He was the guy that had to calm it down. And that's a lot to ask for from a young defenseman. When Sekera's back there, it's not Benning's pair anymore. Now it's Sekera. It's the the seasoned veteran, a guy who's been a number one defenseman here before. And and Benning can just simply play his role. And I think Benning continues to play that role well. He was plus again tonight, still leads... the, the Oilers in plus minus, but Sacker just gives that calming influence. He makes smart plays. He doesn't force anything. You never see him forcing a puck in, a, in an area where it shouldn't be. You never see him pinching when he shouldn't. He understands the game, and it, it's 
good for Ken Hitchcock to have three pairs that he can trust in all situations. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Final at Rogers Place, Edmonton 3, Vancouver 2. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. Hey, Ken, uh, Sam Gagne, sorry, right, right in the front here. Uh, Sam Gagne made a pretty big play to set up Alex Chason in the first period. How instrumental is Gagne's value to this club? Since you guys picked him up, you guys have been picking up points in more games than not. Well, I, I said this before. We, we need to amp up the IQ on our team, and, and he does that. He's a smart player. He plays well with creative players, and um, he's, he's a lot... He's a lot quicker in small spaces than you think, and he's also a lot grittier than you think. So this has been a good fit for us. He fits in well with the group. And believe it or not, he's, he's one of the mature voices on the hockey club because he, at 29, he's one of the older guys here. So he, it's a good fit for us right now. Uh, would you say you, you found kind of the right combination right now with the, with the top three lines, I guess all the, the four lines now? They look like everyone's kind of rolling and contributing in their own way. Yeah, I think uh, moving forward, though, we've got to get J.J. up the ladder. He's playing too well. He was playing well before he got hurt. He's playing too well. we got to move him up. So I think in the next game he'll get elevated, and then we'll see where we go from there. But he's a guy, when he's playing as well as he is, we we got to get him more ice and more, uh, more responsibility. So he'd be the one guy, to me, that's got to bounce up the ladder here. But, you know, you got... You're playing. Yeah, we're not playing four lines, but we're getting we're getting uh, substantial usage out of our fourth line in not only five on five but special teams. They're out there. I thought the last three or four minutes we played great, and uh, they're out there and and knocked down 45 seconds for us perfectly. What we needed. So all in all, uh, like I said, just I would look for JJ to get bounced up here. So Zach figured out how to play with Connor now. Yeah, I think any smart player knows to get him the puck early, and that's what he does. He gets him the puck early. So he knows by the time he counts to four, it should be in Connor's hands, and he's really smart that way. And that that's an easy thing to say, Jim, but it's a hard thing to do because you've got all the space in front of you, you want to carry it, but he knows right now to give it up and knows that if he gives it up, he's going to get it back right in good spots like he did on the goal and stuff like that. But, you know, they they, they work well together. They really work well together. Ken, you got the start. You said you really wanted for your team come out, go after them, got up 2 nothing. Did you find at times that you've talked earlier in the year that turnovers at the blue line really frustrate you and that can kill you? Did that become a little bit of an issue, guys, trying to force the puck cross ice in the offensive zone at the blue line when you got up 3 nothing? Yeah, but... You know, when, you, when you're down 3 nothing, you're just going to play on the move and take risks. And sometimes the risk, I mean, we could have been up 6 nothing, and then all of a sudden it's 3-1. And, and a lot of it is, uh, is because, you, I don't want to say you get greedy, but you're looking at odd man rushes, and then they just step up and take a risk, and, and the puck jumps the other way. They had a 2-on-1 and a 4-on-1 after we had a 4-on-2 on both of them. And 
that's what happens when you, when the other team loosens up, you get in that track meet, and sometimes the track meet can hurt you. We could have got burnt by that. I thought we really calmed down uh, towards the end of the third period, but we could have got burnt by that. Just, it's hard. It's like looking at gold. You know, you see all these odd man rushes, and if they don't go in the net, you know if you miss on an odd man rush, there's another one coming back the other way. And that was what was happening. Koskinen started all 10 games since the trade of, uh, of Cam Talbot. He's got like a 9.26 save percentage. Is he a guy that you feel plays better when he's playing more frequently? You, you've coached a lot of different goalies. Some guys just with more of a workload play better. Do you get the sense he might be that guy? Uh, I don't know that we've got enough data on that right now, to be honest with you. I think... Um, he doesn't look overwhelmed by the responsibility, but I don't believe we have the proper data on that. He's past his comfort zone as much. He, he hasn't played this many games uh, in his career uh, for a long, long time. So he's out of his comfort zone now. So we'll get a better read on this, but we're going to run with him the rest of the way here and hopefully keep winning hockey games. Milan only played eight and a half minutes because of his hip or because he wasn't playing well enough? Uh, I had nothing to do with his play. His play was fine. So he'll play the next game. All right, that's Ken Hitchcock as the Oilers beat the Vancouver Canucks 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. So we'll check the scores here, Rob, and we'll start with the game's key to the Oilers and the Western Conference playoff race. The Coyotes at home shut out the Flames 2-0. The Stars beat the Avalanche 4-zip. And the Minnesota Wild in Tampa beat the Lightning 3-0 Dubnik gets the shutout, Zucker gets all three goals to go up to 20 on the season so we have Dallas with 75, Minnesota with 74, those are the wildcard teams Arizona 71 Colorado 70, Edmonton 67, it actually would have been better for Colorado to beat Dallas because mm -hmm. then Dallas would have stayed at 73 and the Oilers would have been 6 out instead of seven. Yeah, well, the Oilers have had an unbelievable streak, six, one, and two. In their last nine games, they've picked up zero points, which is, which is scary. But it, it, everyone's talking about the turtle race here for the last playoff spot. It's now a, it's, it's it's a race up. of hairs. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's now a, a, a quick one. The, the, the teams are playing well. Dallas is playing very well. Minnesota's playing excellent. They made some trades that looked a little silly when they first traded. They traded that guy. They traded, we thought he was really good. But whatever they've done, they've changed up the, the dressing room or the chemistry, and they've come out and played very, very well. I watched a lot of that game tonight, the Minnesota-Tampa game, and they deserve to win that hockey game. So the Oilers got to continue to put stress, continue to push forward. But the thing that sucks is the Oilers, they could be eight points down going into their next game. Minnesota plays against tomorrow in Florida. Uh, and, and it's hard for, for the players that you think you're doing so many things right and you can't make up any ground. But then again, the Minnesota Wild and Dallas are thinking, you know what, look at what the streaks we put together and we still have teams, we, we have no breathing room. And that's what you want to continue to put stress on them and, and hope that it starts to work out. This was a, game, a night that you thought the Oilers were going to make up ground. They're playing a Vancouver team, a tired team that's beat up, playing their backup goalie. You got the best team in the West, uh, Calgary playing in. Arizona, you got Minnesota going into the best team in the National Hockey Leagues. Yeah, that's why you play the hockey games, because you never know what's going to happen. Those other teams are playing well right now. The others are going to have to continue to match that. We'll check the rest of the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. It was the Blackhawks beating the Sabres 5-4 in a shootout. 
Red Wings get by the Rangers 3-2 in a shootout. Islanders knock off the Senators 4-2. Penguins blank the Blue Jackets 3-zip. The Bruins another win 4-3 over the Panthers. After two, San Jose with a 3-2 lead on the Canadians. Also after two, the Blues with a 3-0 lead on the Los Angeles Kings. And of course here at Rogers Place, Oilers 3, Vancouver 2 is the final. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Ryan standing by. Hey Ryan, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey guys, I was just wondering more for Rob. Have you ever seen a player just kind of click like uh, Drysaddle has after McDavid's suspension? Like he seems to be like uh, the full package. He seems to be running his, his line on his own, and and he, I've just never seen a player do that since watching Oilers. Um, see, I'm a huge Leon fan and have been for the last couple of years. I, I think Leon has had a very good season. I think it's not something that's just happened as of late, but I think that he realized the importance when Connor was out of him being the man. And he's never, since he's been here, and he's never been that guy. Because this is Connor's team. But when he took, uh, you know, three games where he had to be the guy, he was excellent. He just continued going forward. I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I think Leon is that good. I think there's going to be nights where Leon is the best player on the ice simply because he outplays anyone else out there. Uh, hopefully he'll continue to push going forward because if the Oilers are able, and this is what they've wanted to do, put them on separate lines, if they are able to do that, it plays havoc on teams trying to play against them because you not, if you're going to put your best defending pair against Connor, which teams have to do, and you're going to put your second pair against Leon the way he's playing, then it, it's going to spell trouble for other teams. The Oilers still got to find guys that can put the puck in the net for those guys because there's still chances that are not being put away when those Connor and Leon set their line mates up. When Todd McClellan was here, he used to say that he didn't want other players to defer to McDavid or wait for him to initiate plays or initiate the offense. He wanted players mm -hmm. to go out there with the attitude, I can, I'm going to be the first star tonight. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get two points. You know, I'm not going to wait for McDavid to do it. And I think it's an interesting look at the development of, of a career. And, and Leon Dreisaitl is still a young man. I mean, he turned 23 in October. So to suggest he peaked a couple of years ago in the year they made the playoffs and he had a five-point playoff game obviously would, would be premature. So sometimes you, you don't know when that step is going to come or when a player is going to have probably the, the mental realization and the, and the trust in his physical ability to, to set the standard higher and think, oh, wait, you know, I, a player always feels like he's playing to his maximum, but mm -hmm. they, then they can discover new maximums along the way. Well, I, I think that when you come into the league you, and you, you're a good player, you feel that you can play in the league. And then after playing for a little while, you feel, you know what, I can actually be better than I thought I can. And then after two or three years, you're like, you know what, and this is, I'm speaking, um, I'm guessing, because I've never was in this situation, but at some point, I think Leon said, you know what, not only can I be good in this league, I can be great in this league, and there's things that I could work on that are going to make me greater. Leon looks faster. He moves his feet more than he has in the past. He's shooting more. Uh, those are things that are making him a better hockey player. And I don't know Leon personally, but watching the way he carries himself, the mannerisms, it, it seems he wants to be the best. He doesn't, he's not going to take a seat to him. He understands how good Connor is, and he understands that playing with Connor makes him better. But Leon, when he's on the ice, he wants to be the best player on the ice. And that quiet confidence, it shows when he scores a goal or when he makes a good play or in his back check. There's not a lot of celebration 
in the good things he does. It's just kind of that inner, like, yeah, I knew I could do that. And that's what you love and see. And he's, he's got, it's not an arrogance, it's just a confidence. And the players that are around and the players that are playing with him feed off of that. 3-2, the Oilers over the Canucks tonight. Dreisaitl held off the score sheet in the, uh, in the goal column anyway. He does get an assist, two assists for McDavid. He was named the first star of the game. Cassian named the second star. Brock Besser from the Canucks named the third star. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. We have Merv standing by, who's also going to finish the play in a minute. Merv, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Okay, well, my first question would be um, in the pregame show they um, asked a question about who had the highest percentage or shooting percentage of Oilers all time. Yes. And, and um, I never heard uh, the results of that or maybe it'd be something to mention tomorrow. But I'm going to give it out later our... in the show, Murph. I'm going to give oh. it out in the next few minutes. Okay. All right. Anything else, so, or are you ready to finish the play? Do you have another question? No, no, I uh, just let you carry on. Okay, well, you're our contestant for finish the play. So you already are uh, looking at a... Murr's ready to rock and roll here. This is good. Uh, he's already got the instant win from Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park for as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. We're also hoping to put Merv's name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental. Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Looking for the equalizer. Broken up. And Drysaddle's going to have a breakaway with Chase on. Drysaddle in on Demko. Backhander. Denied. Rebound. Okay. Did Drysaddle score on the rebound there, Merv? No. Looking for the equalizer. Broken up. And Drysaddle's going to have a breakaway with Chase on. Drysaddle in on Demko. Backhander. Denied. Rebound. All right, Merv's going in the grand prize draw. Dreisaitl, he actually almost scored <laughs> that bad angle rebound, I think, just banging it back at the net. Yeah, well, he did. I mean, it's a smart play because whenever you're on a breakaway and the goalie makes the save, he's moving backwards so fast because he's playing the breakaway, so sometimes he gets caught in an odd angle. Throw the puck on it. Only good things happen when you do, and Leon almost put the puck in from uh, a worse angle than he started from. Okay, Merv also wanted to know the face-off trivia, so we'll get to that. Who is the Oilers franchise leader in shooting percentage? I think it's Craig Simpson, isn't it? 25.3%. Rest of the top five, Curry, Gretzky, Jimmy Carson, and Stan Weir. You know what? I could have guessed the first four. I certainly would not have guessed Stan Weir. You had a good shooting percentage, too. I did, yes. Like 80%, something like that? <laughs> I, I don't have an 80% shooting when I shoot on the grade fours in my academy, so I certainly <laughs> didn't at the NHL level. Uh, Rob won that one, so his name goes into the draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid. We'll go into the Canucks dressing room as well. The final score Edmonton 3 Vancouver 2 we're live in Studio 99 Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction this is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line 
Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630. Peterson got it in to Tyler Mott. Here's Alex Edler. A shot tipped. What a save made by Koskinen with a shaft of a stick. Rebound. Save Koskinen and he'll squeeze it. That is the save of the game. Courtesy Jiffy Loop. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca. Koskinen 35 saves today, leading the Edmonton Oilers to a 3-2 win over the Canucks. He was beaten late in the second period by Jay Beagle, and then 7:03 into the third by Alexander Edler. Obviously, the Beagle goal, I'm sure, is one Koskinen don't like. Besser with the innocent-looking shot from the boards, and Koskinen lost it. Yeah, it, it was a bad goal that uh, happens occasionally. Uh, what you when you see something like that, just like when a, a defenseman makes a mistake or a forward makes a mistake, how they respond. And he responded well. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks had the better of the chances in the third period. Koskinen uh, stood his ground, and uh, you, you shake it off. You've, you've got to have to have, you have to have a very short memory as a goaltender to be a successful goal, goaltender. And it didn't phase him, and that's that's good going forward. All right, let's go down to the Canucks dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's their head coach, Travis Green. I didn't mind our game. Um, I didn't like our start. I didn't think we had our feet going. It took us a little while to get skating. And, uh, you know, we had an emotional game last night. I was a little worried about it, about our start today, and rightfully so. We weren't quite sharp, and I thought we found our game. And, made a late push and wasn't good enough. How difficult is it in this league to come back when you fall behind by a couple? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not optimal, that's for sure. Resilience from your group, though. We've talked about how you guys hang around at all times this year. You put yourself in a position to try and tie the game late anyway. Get the we did, yeah. That was, you know, the last 50 minutes was, was pretty good hockey. When did you think of McDavid's game? I mean, he produces two goals and kind of... He's always good. <laughs> I don't ever think that he's not very good. He's pretty good most nights. Demko comes up with a couple of big saves to one on McDavid, one on Dreisaitl, both on breakaways. Yeah, I thought Demmer had a strong night tonight. He uh, looked solid, for sure. Another game where a power play goal could have made a big difference yep, for your group? could have. What did you think of the looks? Had some good looks. It's been a bit of a tough go for Derek Pouliot at times where mistakes have wound up in the back of the net. Is it a confidence thing with him? Is it just maybe a split second taking too long to move the puck? You have to ask him. But yeah, he's made a few mistakes. You have to ask him why. All right, that's Travis Green, coach of the Canucks. Oilers win this one 3-2. And he was asked a little bit about the power play there. Well, they had one with 8.33 left in the third period, and then 58 seconds later, it was four on four. The Canucks took a too many men penalty that ended that power play. We've seen too many times this year where the Oilers have done that, where they've gotten called for too many men on the ice, and it seems to happen mainly when they're on the power play. It's, it's a mistake you can't make. Uh, it came at a very inopportune time for the, for the Canucks tonight. They were pushing, they had the better of the chances, they're on their power play, and, and they waste it. And, it's one of those ones that's inexcusable because everyone has a man they're supposed to take. So next five guys are up. Okay, this I got this guy, this guy, and somebody missed their guy. Somebody jumped when he wasn't supposed to jump, and you just can't do that. Uh, when you, you look at the importance of this game for both teams and the importance of, of the moment when it happened, the Vancouver Canucks down a goal on a power play, uh, you can't do that. Now all of a sudden you're giving 
the McDavid's and the dry sidles, not only more room for and for, but eventually a minute power play afterwards. So those are ones that uh, really, really uh, upset the coaching staff as the game goes on. So a, a big mistake by the Vancouver Canucks. The Oilers are now 30-30-7 and seven on the season. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Jimmy standing by. Hey, Jimmy, go ahead. Jimmy, do we have you? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, so uh, you guys think maybe uh, McDavid was a bit off. Maybe he's fighting an illness or something we don't know about. He didn't seem himself today. A lot of passes were getting botched. Um, I, no. <laughs> I mean, he was named first star in the game. So, I mean, as a, an off night, he still was pretty good. All right, thanks, Jimmy. 780-496-0063. We also have Tony standing by. Tony, nice to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, boys? Pretty um, good. I've noticed something about the Oilers in the last, I don't know, four or five games, or even since Begonia has been, tra- uh, been traded back to the Oilers. Um, I feel like, I think, I feel like Drysaddle has found a new winger in Gagne. Um, yeah, tonight we didn't, we didn't score or whatever. But, you know, you can't score every game. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this or not, but these new rules are coming into the league next year. Um, what do you guys think about this whole thing where if a goaltender uh, knocks the puck into the netting intentionally, the team can't make a line change? Or are you guys allowed to talk about that? Uh, which one was that again, Tony? Uh, it's the one where if a goaltender knocks the puck, off like off any like a blocker anything like that and it goes into the netting it uh, the, it's automatic blown it's like automatically blown dead but the team cannot do a line change did they what do you approve, think of that? did they approve that already uh from what i was from what i was listening on tsn earlier last week or earlier this week is that during the general general, general manager meetings um there that is one that's almost guaranteed it's going to be in next season but I just want to know, do you think it's going to improve the game or do you think it's going to, I don't know, kind of make the game seem a little bit more dull? I, I Honestly, I don't think it'll have any effect on the game. Because all it is, I mean, it's a face-off's a face-off. So instead of having new players, it's the same players So you there. get potentially tired guys yeah, like after but, icing. Yeah, I honestly don't think it's going to have that much impact on any hockey game. They're going to put uh, clocks in the corner so the players can see them. Yeah, I find that one weird. I, I, well, then I, you have to look up. I mean, seriously. Losing your helmet and you're going to have to go off. That's I, the one I, I was trying to remember. To me, the university the, hockey, amateur hockey has European had that for a hockey, long time. They've had that over in Europe, international hockey. I think that's a good rule. I think that's a very good rule. All right, the Oilers win 3-2 over the Canucks. We'll take a quick timeout for the 10:30 news and weather. We're live in Studio 99. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. News at 10.30. Good evening. I'm Thomas Dias. It's minus 12 with a wind chill of minus 14. The news is not good for people living near the former Dom Tar Wood treatment facility in an area just north of Yellowhead Trail and east of 50th Street. Alberta Health Services says comprehensive soil testing shows some samples with contamination levels exceeding human health guidelines, the majority in a large fenced-off area, adding it's also found that three types of cancer are higher than usual in the surrounding communities. The province says 
protective measures, including dust control, will continue for now, with remediation of concerning areas starting in the spring when the ground thaws. It appears Cherokee Canada, which had already started turning the site into a new residential community, will be on the hook for the cost one way or another. The Alberta party says if it's elected to government this spring, it would require children to have all their vaccinations in order to attend publicly funded schools. Leader Stephen Mandel says parents should be able to send their kids to school without fear they'll contract a serious illness. The leader of the Alberta Liberals, David Kahn, says they support mandatory education for any parent who chooses not to vaccinate their children who attend public schools, but the kids can go anyway. The leaders of the Alberta NDP and the UCP are not in favor of mandatory vaccinations either. And UCP members voted last year to return to a flat tax on income, but leader Jason Kenney says if they win the upcoming provincial election, the idea will stay on the back burner until the province's economy rebounds and the budget is balanced. The Alberta NDP says a return to the flat tax by Kenney would equate to an annual $700 million tax giveaway to wealthy insiders. 6.30 Ched weather, the temperature dips to minus 13 overnight with a wind chill of minus 19 and periods of snow around 7 centimeters worth by the time they come to an end tomorrow afternoon with a windy high of minus 6. I'm Thomas Dias. News on demand at 630Ched.com. This report is brought to you by PF Custom Countertops. Breakfast in your old kitchen, dinner in your new. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Wild shot from Tyler Mont missed, and now there's trouble for Vancouver. Dry subtle with McDavid the trailer, hits him in stride, McDavid centers, one-timer, score! Zach Cassian, a career best four-game goal-scoring streak! Yeah, Cassian holding a hot stick as well for the Oilers, his 12th of the season, that made it 2-0 in the first period, the Oilers would lead 3-0, and they go on to beat the Vancouver Canucks 3-2, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is 21st of the season. 57 points for him now, Rob. That's a new career high. Well, the, the three stars of the Oilers are all having career years, and that was a big goal at the time and a nice play. And, uh, Connor made the play, but it was a smart play by Ryan Nugent Hopkins getting into an open space, a quiet space, and on and off his stick. And when you're, and we've talked about it a number of times, if you want to be a goal scorer, it's got to be quick. And this was a, it was, wasn't a one-timer because he was on his forehand, but directed it nicely into the net. Goaltender had no chance. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is uh, another, it's a breakout year, and he's just going to continue to add as he's got 15 more games. Two assists for McDavid. He's up to 94 points on the season. He has 61 assists. Here's McDavid, courtesy of GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. In the morning, everybody talked about a really good start. I thought it was one of the best starts you guys had in a while, right? You drew a penalty early and really kind of took a deal in the first. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not sure if it was a set play there, but Gag seemed to get right in on it, had a good chance. You know, Ozone face off, we win it. Um, drop penalty, have a couple more chances. So, um, you know, I'm sure it was a must have felt good for Gags. You talked earlier about Vancouver, which is a really hard-working team. The guys are up 3 nothing. They just don't go away. Made it uh, maybe a little bit more stressful than you wanted at the end. Yeah, you see what they did to Toronto, too, last night. Um, you know, Toronto scores a couple goals and, and maybe take their foot off the gas level. And, um, you know, Vancouver just keeps going. They, they never really quit. Um, you know, even up three, they, they they never seem to quit. And they find ways to get a little bounce here and there. And you know, all of a sudden, they're back in the game. So well, they're a dangerous team that way. Have you noticed a difference at all in Koskinen um, since he's, you know, 
every start 10 games, he's got like a 9.26 save percentage. And, uh, tonight, Penn made some huge stops again. He just seems to be a guy maybe it's playing better because he's playing every night. Yeah, I think maybe he's got a little bit of confidence knowing that he's the number one guy. Um, yeah, you see, you see it work sometimes where there's two kind of starters, but I think a lot of time you need a, a designated number one, and, and he's obviously that guy, and he's kind of taken it and ran with it, and uh, you know, he's been good. Made some big saves for us tonight. Um, no, I'm sure he would have liked to have that first one back, but um, you know, that's what being a team's all about. We, we pick him up when he's down, and, and he picks us up when we make a mistake. Zach, I think he's doing it right now. Just go to the net. Put the stick down. Ash was giving me a hard time saying that he was setting me up for more goals uh, earlier, and I haven't set him up for any, so um, I'm glad I was able to find him there. Brandon Escott working the Oilers dressing room tonight. That is Captain Connor McDavid, 3-2 win over the Canucks. Well, he was asked about Koskinen, and, and we should touch on that. He, he keeps playing, Anthony, getting Anthony Stellaris his appearances so you retain his rights as a restricted free agent. Uh, clearly not a concern. And they've committed to Koskinen, so no better time than now to see how he's going to play. It's for, for him, he was awful in the preseason, yep. especially his first two games. We didn't see him till the ninth game of the regular season, and he was pretty good. He was pretty good his first dozen starts, and then you saw a very up-and-down, sometimes shaky goaltender. Now about the last dozen games again. I mean, he had the tough night in Toronto, which was a tough night for the whole team, but he's, he's been pretty solid, and he's had some games where the shots have got up to 33, 35, 37, and the Oilers have got wins out of a lot of those games. Well, Hitch was asked what, what they think is costing him better with more games, and Hitch says, you know, the jury's still out. It's still a work in progress. They don't have the data on him, but what you're going to get over the, the remainder of this season is a pretty good idea of, of what he does in pressure-packed situations because every game is a must-win now for the Oilers. They can't afford to lose one. And I believe, and this is just my my guess, is it doesn't matter what the schedule is going forward. Koskinen's going to start every game until the Oilers are either in or out. I don't care if it's back-to-back. It's a, an afternoon game. It's on the road. Koskinen will be the starter. We will not see the backup goalie, I believe, unless there's a night where Koskinen is pulled, I don't think the backup's going to get a start. I think this is Koskinen's. He may play the, the, the final 15 games if the others need all 15 wins. Yeah, they have a couple back-to-backs and, and if if it's desperate and they need him in there, you got you got to put him in. I agree, and that's why I was shocked that uh, the Vancouver Canucks didn't go with Markstrom tonight. I mean, Demko played well enough, but this was, to me, the Vancouver Canucks season is over after tonight's loss. Because they're, what are they, nine points out now? It, it's done uh, and that's why I was shocked that they didn't go with their number one goaltender and uh, well every game now is the biggest game of the season that's why I believe Koskinen will play every game the remainder of the season as long as the Oilers have a viable chance of making it Jujar Kara returned to action for the Oilers he wound up playing 840 so a little less than he would usually play he missed nine games with a foot injury uh, he looked fine. Um, I, I think, and Hitch talked about it at the end of the game, that they're going to try and find him more ice time next game. He'll move up in the lineup. In a game like this where it's so close and the importance of it, you don't want to push him too fast. He's been out for quite a while, uh, a little rusty. You don't want to put him in a position where he could fail or where some a little mistake could come in and cost the team uh, a point in the standing. So I think Hitch brought him in, gave him the minutes that he needed, liked what he saw, and moving forward, he'll get more ice time, and he should. Uh, before he was hurt, he was playing excellent hockey for the Oilers. He gives them size, he gives them grit. He's gained more confidence holding on to the puck. 
uh, and that's an important uh, ingredient that the Oilers need in their top nine. So going forward, you're going to see that. And then the other one too is Lucic didn't get a lot of ice time tonight. And I know Hitch, he was asked if it was an injury or not. I think Hitch right now is, there. there's no egos. There's no um, looking after somebody because of what they've done before. Hitch is going simply on what he thinks can help his team win that night. And tonight the players he played, he felt were the ones that were going to give him the best chance of winning this hockey game. And the Oilers do win it 3-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. Zach Cassian has scored in four straight. You will hear from him. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. So for the first time since December 5th to 11th, the Edmonton Oilers have won four straight games tonight. They beat Vancouver 3-2. They were up 3-0 early in the second period. And then uh, hang on, man. Some clo- like So many close calls in this game. That one in the third period deflected in front. I think it grazed Koskinen like the top of his head. And then that just flicked it up a little bit. And then it hit the top of the crossbar and bounced over the net. Well, right now the Oilers are getting puck luck. And I know that uh, Hitch talked about it in the, the one road trip where the Oilers, you know, they, was it in Pittsburgh they lost? Carolina, and, Pittsburgh, and Islanders. And, yeah. and, they, and they played well in those games, but those were the nights that, I mean, they easily could have come away with two points in all those games, but puck luck went against them. And, it, and Hitch, talk, it all evens out. Um, the Oilers right now, and, and for a long stretch now, with the exception of one or two games, have played well enough to win. They're, they're in every game. Their goaltender is giving them a chance. They've got two dynamic players that every time they step on the ice have the ability to put the puck in the net. So they just need a little puck luck. We saw that in Buffalo the other night where Palmanville, TC Chenzit puts, you know, he has a wide open net, shoots it in the net, then pulls it out before it gets across the goal line. Those are breaks. And you need breaks. And the Oilers need a lot of breaks going forward here in the last 15 games. Because there's going to be games they play well where the puck isn't going to go the way they need it to go. They just need it to go more often than not in these next 15 games. They got an opportunity. And that's something that I'm not sure a month ago we would have been sitting here saying, all right, you know what? We're into March. The Oilers still have an outside chance. I don't think any of us would have believed that a month ago. Zach Cassian scores again four consecutive games. He's up to 12 on the season. Here he is. Uh, goals in four straight games. Uh, is this the best hockey you've been playing uh, in your career? Well, I think you're getting a little bounces. I think the one I scored today, I just went hard to the net. Connor gives me a tap, and basically I just have to put it in the five hole. So uh, you can't really read too much into the goals, but I think as a team, for the most part, uh, even as a line, we, we played well tonight. You're starting to just like find ways to win. Um, yeah, the second period wasn't the best period for us. I thought we, we let him back in the game a little bit, and then obviously we got into penalty trouble in the, in the third period. But uh, you're right, we found a way to win, and that's all that matters this time of year. Are you supposed to go to the net Connor's there? You went right on like, exactly where you should have been. Tapping. Yeah, it's, you see him skating so fast on the wing, you just try to get and try to beat your defender, try to get inside on guys, and you know if you're open, he's going to find you, and that's that's kind of the case what happened there. You went around very good defenseman that you played with 100 miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As soon as you see that, you put your stick on the ice and you know it's coming. Well, that's a good plan. Well, and it's true. And I was fortunate to play with a, a very a great player as well and with Mario. And it's the same thing. 
you got to expect the unexpected. You always have the stick on, on the ice and always be prepared to shoot no matter where you are on the ice because uh, there's going to be times where Connor has the puck where it doesn't look like there's a play. But you got to trust in him. And he's going to make plays out of nothing. And some players will quit on it or some players will turn the wrong way. Cassian has learned the, the, the fact that go to the net, hang around there. He will make a play. And what also happens when Connor has the puck is he draws players off other people's coverage because he'll beat his guy. So now your guy has to leave and go get Connor, and that's when you become open. So just be prepared. And I think Cassian's done a very good job as of, as of late doing that, and he's being rewarded. Oilers win 3-2 over Vancouver. Whenever they score five or more in a game, go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. It is the good old Japanese Village goal light. Jay Beagle had a tap-in goal. Today for the Vancouver Canucks, off the misplay by Koskinen. Here's Beagle for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Well, we saw you guys come all the way back to win last night. Did you think that uh, you had another comeback in you? Yeah, no. Obviously, there was never a doubt that, um, you know, we... Like we like we had the push last night in, in the third that um, you know we kind of could go off that and um, you know you never want to find yourself in that position obviously down especially on the road on a back to back it's tough but uh, you know we showed a lot of heart and and um, you know pushing back and and some resiliency and um, just came up short. You guys have shown all season this ability to sort of battle back, but what about digging yourself holes yeah. and falling behind? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, we have to work on that. We have to, um, you know, make sure that we don't allow ourselves to get down one or two, um, you know, in a game. It's, uh, like I said before, we got a lot of resiliency. We got a lot of uh, heart, a lot of guys who who um, don't have quit. Um, but, you know, when you go down two, it, it's tough, especially on a back-to-back on the road. You, um, it's tough to come back from, but, uh, um, you know, like I said, we showed a lot of heart and, and never quitting. Sure, it's nice when a puck falls in the crease for you like yeah. that. You're happy to be able to tuck that one home. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if I, my head was actually buried. I, I was talking to Bess when he got it, telling him that he had time, and um, I saw him kind of just sauce it. And I buried my head to try and get to the to the net or to the loose puck wherever it was going to be, and I actually thought it must have went in and bounced back out, but I still hit it not knowing. Um, I didn't know. So, yeah. Nice bounce. You fall behind. They also have a player who can create offense out yeah. of nothing, and he kind of was a game breaker tonight, wasn't he? You know, he is. Um, obviously, uh, our line, um, you know, needed to be better against him. Uh, I, I take that on myself uh, just uh, on that matchup. I love that matchup. I love going up against top players. Uh, but he, yeah, created a lot out of nothing. And, um, you know, the game plan is always to try and slow a player like that down and, and to try and eliminate him from the game and from being effective. And, um, you know, he was effective tonight, and that's the difference. Jay Beagle scores for the Canucks. Oilers win the game 3-2. So he set on his goal. He actually thought it had already gone in, and he hadn't. Can you imagine if he would have skated by? If he would have, I mean, I know players' mm-hmm. instincts put it in, and we often see a player a rebound out of the net. They turn and will slam it in anyway. Because can you imagine after the Pominville play on Monday, if if Beagle would have turned away and left that puck? Well, that's why they have drills in practice where <laughs> they say stop on net for plays like that. Uh, 
it, it was just a weird one, and I can understand. He's going to that. It's a, a nothing play, and the puck disappears. And you're like, okay, where did that go? I mean, I, most guys would think he's caught up in his equipment somewhere, but you stand there. You always stay in front, because even if the puck goes behind, chances it comes back out again if one of your guys gets in on the forecheck. So uh, it's one of those ones that uh, you, uh, you say thank you, and you move on, and it, it looks good in your stats as you go. How did you get that, that ninth goal? What, what, as, oh, and Dan. And Dan went roof on cost, and he had no chance on it. Oilers win 3-2 over the Canucks. Next opponent, Toronto on Saturday. We'll have a look ahead when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Here's Bouillon raking it free. He'll bank it off the wall. Stolen by Gagne. What timer score? And Edmonton takes advantage of a turnover in deep. And Alex Chason buries his 19th of the year, set up by Gagne. All right, that was, uh, we're talking to people here at Studio 99. That was one of the Oilers' goals tonight. <laughs> That was the, that was the first goal. one. That was the chase Gagne on goal. stole it behind the net, sets up chase on in uh, front. A nice play by by Gagne on the forecheck. Forced the forced the turnover, took the body, got the puck out in front of the net, and chase on finished exactly exactly the way they write it up on the chalkboard before the game. Uh, oh, are you serious, Jeremy? He was born in Glendon. Oh, I was supposed to ask Rob that. What's that? Okay. I, well, we have, we have Scott Glendon. in Boston who, uh, who phones in with trivia. We have Jeremy from Glendon who's hanging out in Studio 99. He just messaged me a trivia question. Uh, where was Canucks legend Stan Smeal born? I thought it was St. Paul, but he grew up in St. Paul, but born. Glendon? Glendon. Oh, one nothing Inside me. the pierogi. It used, to be oh, a, I, it used to be a maternity ward. I didn't even before know. Before it was luxury condos. Where's Glendon? It's northeast of Edmonton. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Right? Which way is northeast? If you're looking at a map, it's to the right and up. <laughs> okay. What's it by? Is it by anything I know of? Is it by Vagerville? Uh, no? Ish. It's ish? closer to Cold Lake. Okay. I know where Cold Lake is. See? Well, there, there you go. go. You've learned I'm something good. today. All right. All right. Uh, give me about 40 seconds on the challenge coming up. 5 o'clock start on Saturday against the Leafs. Well, the challenge is you're playing a team with depth. You're playing a team that can score, that if you turn the puck over, they will take advantage of it. You're playing a team that uh, is probably embarrassed and frustrated and angry at what happened in Vancouver the other night. They had a game full, full in hand, and they blew it. And you're playing against a team that is desperate for points. I mean, the Boston Bruins continue to, to put points on the board, and the Leafs would prefer to have home ice advantage when they go head-to-head -head against Boston. Uh, to me, these are the games you look forward to as, as a player because it's loud, there's an extra energy in the stands. There's going to be Leafs fans. They're going to be going back and forth with the chance. To me, it's simple. It's going to be a fun night. Chase on Cassian and Nugent Hopkins score for the Oilers. 35 saves for Koskinen, a 3-2 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Saturday, 3.30 face-off show, game at 5 against Toronto. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer at 630Ched. Oilers hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse. Overtime open line live from Studio 99. Have a great night. 